Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. Hi, I'm Trent, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode 118. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at another vintage toy line retrospective as we hit up the Bionic 6. We then head into another segment, which is Tales from the Other Side, as we try and get a flavor for what our partners and significant others think about our hobby. Joining me today in the Toy Power Studio, we've got Darren. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Frank. Hi, hi, hi. And Ben. G'day, g'day. All right, let's hit up our first segment. Vintage Twilight Retrospective. You've got to come back with me. So today, as Trent said, we are looking at Bionic 6. Now, if you don't remember it, I don't blame you. It was a bit of a short run produced by LJN in uh, somewhere from 1987 to 89. There was an animation to go with it, which you might actually remember the uh, theme song. Uh, If I had to sum it up, it's kind of like the Brady Bunch with superpowers, Mm -hmm. if I was sort of summarizing in a sentence. But let's have a bit of a listen to the theme song, which is probably going to jog your memory a little bit. A family brought together by faith and given superpowers through the miracle of modern science. And it kind of goes on and on from there as these intros tend to do. But- I had no idea they got Rick Astley to do that. <laughs> it had it's very very synthy, and then it you is. had this sort of like the key change and the the ooh ooh in the background. It was uh, yeah peak peak eighties that was. So, Bionic 6, as I said, produced by LJN. So, these are the same guys who did uh, Thundercats back in the day. The animation was from, despite sort of looking very similar to Thundercats in terms of the style, was actually done by uh, TMS or Tokyo Movie Shinshima. Shinshima. Um, probably butchered that uh, company. And it ran actually for 65 episodes. Never seen an episode of it that I can remember. The theme song, for whatever reason, sticks in my head because it's that sort of when theme songs for cartoons were actually half decent. So the figures themselves are G.I. Joe size, sort of 3.75 inch figures. Um, They look, often you speak to Joe collectors and they often get thrown into big bundle Mm. lots with them because they they look quite um, similar. Uh, They're very sort of brightly coloured, lots of oranges and and yellows and, and sort of blues. Pink. Pink, yeah, yeah. There's a whole whole bunch in there. Probably the big difference... There is apparently a bit of a difference in the way they're constructed. They don't use the, the famous O-ring sort of construction for the legs. Um, but the big... And it's the selling point on the cards and yep. everything is that they have metal parts in them. And this is to do with their bionic features. So one, if they're really strong, they're going to have a metal arm. Or if he's got... Uh, one of them's got like super sort of spectral vision type thing and his, his head is actually metal. So it sounds wonderful in theory. Uh, yeah. Some 40 years after the event, uh, you've got issues where the plastic and the metal are sort of pulling away from each other because obviously one is a whole lot heavier and issues with paint sort of chipping yes. and, and these sorts of things. Paint does seem to chip off metal really bad. I've got a number of Matchbox cars that yep. have metal components. I had ones and I can't think of the names, but you'd roll them along the ground and they'd crash and the front would sort of flip around and show a damage and the bonnet might flip up or you could hit it in the rear and, you know, sort of a bit like Battle Armor He-Man, yeah, yeah, Battle Armor yeah. Skeletor, that style of thing. And that paint 
on those metal die cast components would always chip off really badly. Yep. Um, but die cast, whenever you hear the words die cast, mm. synonymous with quality. Everything that was had die cast was of a superior quality. So they were and LJN was a company that was producing quality toys. They they had some very nice sculpting and they were very sturdy, much like Mattel Master of the Universe. And they had some really cool action features if you think too lines like thundercats with the and dungeons advanced dungeons yeah, and dragons yeah. with the um basically you know put on a a, a ring and then connect into the, the figure and yep. activate light up eyes and these sorts of yeah i think it, as a company lg were really trying to do not just the same stuff as everybody else you know the, despite the fact they look like gi joes they had that metal component to them and um, we'll get to the vehicles in, in a bit which are actually really quite cool um, so the whole story centered around the uh, the Bennett family, who were each granted bionic implants after, and you can't make this up, a family skiing accident that was caused by an alien spaceship that crashed, and then the snow that was covered the family was exposed to radiation. Yeah. Oh, oh, like, it writes itself. <laughs> I, can, I can see the whole storyline pan out from that that moment. It, yeah. It's kind of like Fantastic Four, but in the snow. It is, yeah. isn't it? I remember reading it because I was doing a bit of research for this as well, and I'm like, oh, you know skiing accident and my mind turned to you know they're out there skiing and there's an avalanche and they're buried under they're deprived of oxygen and someone comes in and has to resuscitate them and that's how they get their bionic parts yeah. never would have thought an alien spacecraft was the cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh very interesting um one of the cool things given this was as we said 1987 despite being the the prototypical um white mother and father and, and a boy and a girl as part of the family they actually had two foster children one of african descent and another one of asian heritage so i thought that was a really cool thing you know that's the sort of thing you'd, you'd probably more associate with sort of modern stuff so to see them doing that in 1987 was was really cool uh but by far the star of the show and he's the token let's call him orko snarf a jar jar binks type character there was a large ape i guess you'd call him called fluffy which is an acronym f-l-u-f-f-i it was a large metallic ape who was kind of their sidekick, if you will. Uh, as from what I read in the show, he was the the comic relief kind of was always eating um, aluminium cans, and therefore, if any piece of technology that was left lying around was just a snack for him. <laughs> cool. um, yeah. In terms of what he looked like, you could sort of think of a really early prototype for like a Beast Wars Optimus Prime. He had the knuckles that sort of dragged on the ground. The figure itself is actually probably about nearly three times the size of, of a GI Joe in terms of bulk, um, but I think the entire bottom half, so the legs and the lower arms are all metal. So he's actually quite a weighty figure and, and pretty hard to find. I will ask this now, so you've got a bit of time to think about it. Fluffy, it was never actually determined in the show on the oh, packaging right. anywhere. Because oh, I thought I'd missed it, right? Yeah. I thought, what does this acronym mean? I have to know. It's never recorded anywhere. So you've got a bit of thinking time yeah. to say F-L-U-F-F-I yeah, right. is the acronym. See what you can come up yeah. with. Just a couple of shout outs, sorry to jump in. Yeah, uh, so, uh, B- Bungie, the, uh, I'm assuming one of the lead characters, the good guys, he looks like Ryu from Street Fighter, yep. predating Ryu, yeah. obviously, because, uh, the, you know, Street Fighter game and all, these are 1987. And um, who was I looking at? Uh, Meg, no, not Meg, the mechanic. He looks yep. like uh, Grease Pit from uh, yep. Biker Mice from Mars. Exactly. Yeah. So, massive shout cool. out. And my favorite, the villain, uh, Madame O. That I'm a sucker for gas masks on characters, and she's she's just wearing this fluoro uh, sorry hot pink outfit, uh, and she's got this black mask, these wicked dust goggles and stuff, and she's you know boasting a big gun and some jetpack rocket things on her back. She just looks you know ready to kick ass so, yeah. and take names. Um, she's yeah, always been a fan of her. Uh, in I've seen her a couple of times in other people's collections. So uh, and I'll be like, who is that? And like, you know, <laughs> tell me the story. Uh, of Bionic Six, and I'm like, never heard of it. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The villains, the villains were interesting. That whilst the 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 main Bionic Six as they were were very sort of color coordinated. You think sort of X Men, where they had largely the same sort of color scheme. The villains are just an absolute hodgepodge of stuff. The the lead villain, uh, Doctor Scarab, yep. kind of looks like an overweight doctor, complete with the stethoscope and the small little like, circular disc on his head. Uh, even had like scrubs and blue gloves on. Um, very, very Mad strange. scientist. Mad stuff, scientist yeah. type stuff. Yeah, yeah. really, really um, weird stuff. There was gl- uh, Glove, um, 
uh, who do you call, call that? Uh, Madamo and Madamo, Madamo, yeah. Chopper and Clunk. Yeah, Clunk, yeah. Clunk yeah. looks like just sort of a, a clay face. Yeah, like yeah. Mud man. He's like a, I believe he's like a glue creature is what he was meant to be. He was some sort of experiment gone wrong as they were. Um, but look, as for the toys themselves, there was only really the sort of one wave uh, that gave us the 13 figures, obviously the Bionic 6 themselves and then the villains to round it out. You got a couple of small vehicles that were sort of like dirt bikes, uh, there was a couple of uh, slightly larger vehicles that were sort of like quads. A couple of what they referred to uh, laser play sets. You sort of think the same laser um, mechanics that were in some of the Thundercat stuff. Where you had a vehicle that had a little target and was firing a, a laser that would then try and hit and activate. So you think the uh, Cat's Lair yep. had that sort of stuff? That's right. Uh, so there was a couple of those, one for the good guys, one for the bad guys. There was a play set which was okay, but the highlight of this line as far as I'm concerned is... The minivan, right? How else does a family of six get around unless it has a minivan to cart all the characters around in? And it, it was looked like a super sleek, um, I don't know, what's a minivan? Like, tar- like Punisher minivan. Not quite that square and black. Oh, okay. but, <laughs> but yeah, it's that kind of thing that yeah. is deliberately designed to hold six people. Only yeah. this thing could actually within it contain two vehicles, right? Oh, so if cool. you had your, yeah. your, your quad bike and then your little uh, regular bike, the regular bike could actually sit in the back half and you press a button and it comes out and sits up on the roof and then it would slide, you'd slide a little holder forward and it would actually go down and roll over the front of the vehicle and then just ride out. Cool. Um, so that was pretty cool. But then even the, the, the actual quad, the front of it would split apart. It almost reminded me of a mask vehicle where the, the, the front windshield would literally split right down the middle, split in two and then eject this sort of buggy um, complete with your characters and stuff out. It's, um, from what I've read, very, very hard to, to find. It was known as the Mules Van, M-U-L-E-S, which is another acronym for, and get this, Mobile Utility Energizing Station. Mm-hmm. It Wh- works. Yeah, where, where's the L? <laughs> <laughs> it's a silent L. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently from what I read, the L is they, they've used one of the L's within the word utility. Oh, wow. And I'm like, hmm, mm, Stretching. I don't, I don't think you know how acronyms work. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, they're counting on children. Well, that, that's probably why they didn't name Fluffy because yeah. they're just like, it's too <laughs> hard. <laughs> I feel like they've gone backwards. They've gone, this is what we want the character to be called. Let's yeah. make an acronym. What do we do for the rest of it? I don't know. Make it up. Yeah, like, yeah. Make it fit. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, these figures are. I don't think I've ever seen one in in the flesh, to be honest. Look, if you're looking to pick one up now, when they're sort of loose and incomplete, they're around about the twenty dollar mark. They also came with little, you think GI Joe size again, little accessories. Some of them had backpacks and and you know, so one of them had a uh, baseball glove. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, he was the token sports guy. Right, of, right, of the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a baseball glove yeah. and a bat and, and a little cap, I think. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, carded. Uh, they go for about a hundred bucks, from what I from what I've seen. And especially if it depends how you, I suppose, you um, display the, that because that heavy die cast could mm. potentially flop straight. Yeah, over. flop straight over and tear the uh, the you know decre- the, um, the bubble off. The, yeah, the the de. Uh, de- What's the word I'm looking for? The the glue. The glue. The glue, you know, decomposing. Oh, glue. yes. Yes. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, the card art was really interesting because they, they had these, um, they had a large sort of picture of the character on there, usually from the, from the animation. But then the bulk of the actual card space was almost like those um, eye trick puzzles where it's really thin black and white lines and it's designed to, like the classic I'm going to hypnotize you they do in shows. Yep. That was the card art, like the main sort of backing color and, and it's quite, I can't imagine a, a, a complete carded collection on a shelf. It'd be quite... Without, you know, <laughs> must buy more Bionic 6. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So does anyone have any other than what we've sort of talked about already? Any memories of this, seeing it around? Yeah, I remember seeing a bit of it. The um, Dr. Scarab definitely rings a bell. And that clunk, mm-hmm. uh, the, the clay monster. Um, but it... I don't reckon I saw a lot of it in retail. Yep. Like a lot of LJN lines, these were obscure, particularly yeah. in Australia, and I suspect they were obscure a little bit more around the world. You know, I mean, and we we talk about big lines like Masters that there were millions of figures made, right? There were just tons of that stuff. So that's very available now. I mean, it's becoming rarer, but there was a time where you could see that everywhere. You yep. know, you, the volume of what was produced was reflected in the secondary market at a point. And now it's very collectible. It's in a lot of collectors' 
you know, collection. Same with Ninja Turtles. Same with probably GI Joe Transformers. You you did see a lot of it around up there, and for a long meant, time after. Yeah, for yeah, a long time, which yeah. meant it was popular. It was sold in in you know massive lots. Lines like this that when we talk, when we do a vintage toy line retrospective and we talk about things like cops or you know the Rambo line that we did last week or Bionic Six or anything in that sort of space even something like Centurions, mm. that they're just not plentiful now yep. because they had the shorter runs. Um, so to value, you know, this stuff's probably not collected by a wide amount of people, but that volume is so much smaller, mm. they easily get to those values. And I, I don't think you can get a Minton card figure of something represented by 80s or early 90s Generally for under a hundred dollars yeah. now. Yeah, that's, that's that's looking that's at right, looking yeah. at what you're going to pay for a mint on card, immaculate representation of a figure. Don't expect to be unless it's something like you know Todd McFarlane's stuff that or you know Phantom Menace stuff that just didn't didn't <laughs> take off. Yeah. But if you're talking that 80s or even early 90s, that that's the price you're paying yeah. these yep. days. That's Look, just... I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see the Phantom Menace stuff shoot up. I actually, would be. <laughs> because they made a ton of it. Yeah, everyone kept it in time. I know they did, but a lot of those people that were five, six, seven, you know, that... Oh, I think there's just too much. But that's just my yeah. personal. Oh, you could be totally I, right. I, down, I think but... everyone went in with the collector's mindset. Yeah. I'm going to yep. retire on this one day. Because yep. uh, I know a lot of people that aren't even collectors that thought, oh, this now's my break. Cash and just cow. and, and mm. bought yeah. so much stuff. And everyone is complaining that, oh, man, you know, I'm, I can't even get retail for this. No, nah, I don't know. That, that was 20 and, years ago, you know, still. Hasbro so. uh, paid, from my memory, and I could be totally wrong with these numbers, but... My understanding is, you know, we and this was kind of chronicled in the, the Toys That Made Us, that made us yeah. documentary where, you know, Kenner slash Hasbro had to get it back at all costs when it when the license relapsed and then Lucas brought out the episode one. My recollection from the time was that they paid $100 million to secure that license. Was that, with, uh, was that in the lead up to the Phantom Menace or was that for Force, uh, Power of the Force 2? My understanding lead, lead up to Phantom Menace. Okay, so that was yeah, Phantom Menace you know, number so, one. So this is we've one. we've already got these, but we want to keep them so that we can make them for the new films. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how the deal worked, but that's just yeah. a number that sticks in my head, yeah. and that that might have been for for everything. Yeah. But you think about how many toys you need to sell before you start turning a profit when you're talking about oh, those yeah. numbers. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you would have thought, you know, it's it's the it's the big comeback of Star Wars. It yeah. yeah. kind of sounded like a safe bet, and then we all saw the movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that kind of that kind of sunk it really. Yeah. Bring it back to you, Bionic Six, just before we end this segment. Any ideas for Fluffy? F L U F F I. Anyone got anything? This, this was super out? hard because there's like no M for monkey or no, no monkey A or for ape. ape or anything. So here we go. Functioning, land, unidentical, frightful, forceful, but ingenious. And the B, <laughs> the B is just really so small and silent. Lowercase. Yeah. Lowercase yeah. B. Lowercase B, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Like that. Fierce, latest, universal, flexible, functioning, incredible. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> That's so all I've got. They're all descriptive words, aren't they? Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't sort of finish it off. Yeah. 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 No. With an I. Finish it off with an I. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Yeah, I like functional, functional life size, oh, ultimate friendly, very friendly intelligence. Yes. Oh, I like yes. it. Intelligence. Yep, yep. that's yep. good. Darren, did you have one? I would go with functional. Yep. Living. Oh. Unidentifiable. Yep. Yeah. Um, fierce. Was it double left? Double, or? Yeah, yeah, double yeah. F. Flexible. Yeah, flexible. Maybe I flexible. like that. <laughs> Intelligence. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. I think combined, we come up with a really good yeah, one somewhere. Have, but it, but it's not like a finishing sentence Agreed, like yeah. Venom or you know something yeah. like that, where it sort of starts and finishes. So, yeah. but no, we had a shot. That's yeah. part of the fun we have. We had a shot, and that yeah. may have been may have been more than what LJN had. Yes, exactly yes. Right. That's why they scrapped it and kept it secret all these years. Yeah, if anyone does come up with something that does make sense. That or if anyone does know, if there's something really obscure, some source material that yeah. hasn't come to light because it's so obscure, <laughs> please yeah. get in touch with Toy Power. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Frank, for that. All right, now it's time for our next topic, and this is Tales from the Other Side. And joining us for this part of the segment, we have Ali. Ali, welcome to Toy Power. Hi. 
Who is Ali? Can you introduce Ali for us? Probably? Well, Ali, for this topic, Ali has the fortune or misfortune <laughs> to actually live with a toy collector. Ali is Frank's wife. So. Yes. Frank didn't do his homework, so I thought I'd come and say it for him. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> she helped write the running sheet. <laughs> well, And this is one we, I mean, we're all in the room here. We're all hardcore collectors. We're not just dabble sort of once a year. It's sort of a pretty big deal for us so it is interesting and what we've wanted to do for this segment is to get a bit of an understanding of what it's like to have a significant other be it a partner be it a wife or be it even the parents Mm. um, and what is their reaction how do they feel about collecting we'd love to hear the other side i've been married for well it's probably about 15 15 years do the maths getting very close um and I can intimately answer this for my wife because I know exactly you know, how she feels about all of this. It'll be like she's here in the room with us. But um, now that's what we, we wanted to touch on today. So we've got a couple of questions uh, that we'll go through and get our thoughts. So the first one is really what's the significant other's reaction to the collection when they, I guess, they see it, the size, the scale, what it's about. Do they accept it, embrace it or... Potentially, are they embarrassed by it? Who wants to kick this one off? Do we want to start I'll, with... I'll go. With, with okay, so uh, my wife, uh, Ree, she's been with me. Uh, we've been married for 10 years and she's uh, watched my collection move uh, sort of from a small toy collection, very large comic collection to a very large comic collection and a very, very, very large toy collection. <laughs> uh, so um, she, uh, for the first part, really embraced it, loved it. You know, when we used to go to th- some of the local toy stores, all the uh, guys behind the county used to be like, why can't I find a girl like her? You know, she used to know the characters that I was looking for. She even uh, would point out characters, hey, have you seen this sort of thing? However, now she's sort of like, um, you know, not embracing it in the sense you, I don't have, and she, in her mind, uh, I don't have enough space anymore. I need to put a hold on buying. Uh, she mm-hmm. perceives that uh, I've run out of room in my toy collection and, um, you know, money could be potentially spent better <laughs> elsewhere. So she's sort of getting into that, like, I thought this would stop <laughs> attitude. I thought it was just a phase. Yeah, I thought it would be a two or three year thing, but now it's going on, you know, 15 and I'm, I'm a bit over it. So, yep. Yeah, for me, very similar in, in aspects and very different in others. Leanne has never been a collector at all. Uh, never interested in the pop culture scene to the degree we are. You know, she'll take a passing interest. And I know when we first met, she would learn things like Star Wars. Okay, I need to sort of learn so I can have a conversation with Trent about things that he enjoys and things he's into. So she did it from that perspective, but never into it. The bit that comes in my favour, so we met at high school and I was already collecting when I knew her even back then. So what I say is basically you knew what you were getting into. Yep. You knew this is how I was when you signed up. Um, and so she's, she's pretty understanding. I think when you break it down, she's not embarrassed by it. In fact, um, the other day she took in, Ben did a, a book for us here. So he chronicled the first 100 episodes of Toy Power. Mm. Um, and put it together in a beautiful book format. And Leanne was so proud of that, she actually took it into work and showed it around. Oh, wow. So nice. just, just what, you know, what, what we've accomplished and what we do. And she said the reaction from people was they were just almost jealous. And I said, was jealous the right word? And she said, probably not. But they, they, were, they were in awe of, I guess, that we were living our passion and doing something we love, yeah. getting together every couple of weeks and, and having a chat. And so I think from that sense, she is proud of it and proud of, proud of that. And then obviously... To, to Ben's point, there's the monetary element and the space element. You know, she wants a house that is free from clutter and, you know, can be lived in. So we have a rule uh, that everything I collect should stay in the one room. Uh, now, I've taken other parts of the house, <laughs> so there's say, a bit of how tension. How effective is that rule? A bit of grey area. Yeah, it's so a bit, bit of grey, but like I've taken... Say, the rule? We yeah. have that rule. Yeah. Yeah. What, it goes in the toy room. It doesn't live out in the, in the lounge room. I'll give it like a couple of days when it's yep. been open, but then it's back. It goes in the toy room, <laughs> yeah. and I'll just move it in myself. <laughs> what? When did you do that? I've moved many things. I've just gone. It's time not, it to go in the toy room. <laughs> you're not looking for the odd ornament on the entertainment unit or anything, just to sort of. Well, I so said those are the only things that I pick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting answer, <laughs> Darren. So I'm a bit different to everyone else at the table on that. I'm I'm living with my parents. I'm I'm not married and don't have a partner right now. And 
my, my situation is quite quite different. I guess what's fascinating about that is they've known me forever, so they've seen this unfold over the four decades of my life. It's not a sudden realization. Oh no, he's a collector, <laughs> you know. Or oh no, he loves this stuff. Uh, they don't ever see me changing from that. They see me as, you know, mum and dad see me as being this kind of person forever that's into this stuff. And I think mum really, for the most part, embraces it. little concerned about room and costs and things like that that everyone, I imagine, at this table sort of contends with. But by and large, really embraces it. She has some really good memories of a lot of those toys, a lot of those characters, a lot of those cartoons, a lot of those films from when I was young. And it takes her back and me being an only child, I imagine there's a bit of nostalgia for her in that too. Plus, when things used to come to retail in Australia, we used to have toy exhibitions and things and mum used to always take me and encourage that and help, you know, set, set a light the imagination, I guess. So So I think she's, she, for the most part, embraces it and, and she, she's okay with it. Every now and then, Dad, I think... Dad's really adjusted to it, and I think this podcast has been really good for that because I have heard a number of episodes. They realise that there is a passion for it, and they realise we have an audience as well, so it sort of brought it a bit more out into the open. Occasionally, you know, we might have the odd relative um, make a crack if they come around and they see a few things in the lounge room on display. I like to add a bit of colour to the room, as I call it. <laughs> so... So every every now and then there might be a bit of a crack, or, you know. I might have a crazy old auntie or uncle who says, "Aren't you too old for Batman? Aren't you too old for He Man?" But of course, you know, we know they're just jealous. Again, it's yeah, what we talked about exactly before. Right. It's that that you know they wish they could have a passion. They wish they could be free to express it, you know, and they wish they could live that that sense of happiness that enjoy that it, that it gives us. But I think for the most part, they're accepting of it. Cool. Well, one of the benefits of having my wife on the show is I don't really have to answer this question. I'm just going to throw to her. And uh, so, what's your? Do you are you embarrassed? I tell you what. Tell the story of when you're. Was it Beck? Facebook yes. stalker. Sorry, I can't say that I came in with my eyes closed. So Frank and I met online, and um, when he sent me pictures and everything of the toy room, so I knew it was here. And when we started dating, one of my best friends stalked his Facebook and saw the pictures. And she's like. Oh my god! She's like, that's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> um, but to me, it wasn't. So um, there's lots of hobbies you can have. So um, you know, Frank could spend all his money on the pokies, or all our money on the pokies. You know, he could be going out till four a.m. several nights a week drinking and things like that. So there's a lot. There's a lot worse hobbies out there for me. You know, he could be you know shooting up drugs. You know, <laughs> you spend enough yeah. money on toys. So if you compare it, <laughs> it, it is much healthier expression. Yeah, it might still be an addiction, but it's a much yeah. healthier so one. It, it's a passion and I'm okay with that so you know they're all things that I quite enjoy as well not in the same way um but I'm definitely you know I'm on board with it sorry Leonardo over there was Frank's 30th birthday costume and um about six months before we met I went to a costume party for work and it was what I want to be when I grow up and I was Raphael (laughs) sweet all right this is one that we've talked about a fair bit on the podcast about when parents or significant others try and buy something for the collection and it's a tough one right because we have so, we have so much stuff right yep. you're talking about you know very very niche sort of things you can't just go out and buy a bag full of happy meals toys and go that that'll suffice it's a we've got those performance <laughs> yeah yes. it, it's a thing that happens and, and i know yeah mums try to do it and they try so hard you know it's it, never quite on the money but Never hit. Have to you? Be fair. What kind of opportunities do they have in in the current climate in Australia to go out and get the kind of stuff? Really, it's very retail. tricky. They they would need to be engaging in conversations about what you're what you're after, what you're interested in, what you're looking at, and ultimately they probably have to go to eBay to get exactly. something. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a tough one. And they'd have I'd... to beat us to it as well because we all have incomes of our own where yeah. we could if we're really after something. It yeah. is very tricky. But has Ali, we might start with you. Have yes. you ever tried to do this? Have you ever tried to, to get Frank something? I know there's probably um, something yes. uh, maybe now on that shelf that... Uh, um, no, I haven't, no, I haven't bought... I have bought Transformers, but not normally. Um, I really avoid going to Kmart and Target and those places because I kind of think the stuff is pretty poor quality. 
Um, I like the more vintage, more expensive stuff. I kind of, so Frank gets to you know enjoy the luxury there. <laughs> um, so when Toys R Us was still open, I would when I was going buying like a present for someone's baby or whatever, and I saw all the Marvel Legends, and that's when Frank only had about four of them, and I like took a picture, and I'm like, should I be getting any of these? They're like forty percent off today. <laughs> um, but in general, I avoid what's on special in the stores. I have bought a couple of big masterpiece type Transformers when they'd been in Maya because I knew that was one store that Frank didn't go looking in the toy department. Yep. So every now and then around birthdays and stuff, I'll be like, oh, is there a good one here? Mm. Um, I do take pictures sometimes of the shelves if I know if I am looking for something. Um, but my probably my favorite that I bought was the um, Troll Doll Ninja Turtles. Yep. Yeah. Frank came home from one of the trade days with just Leonardo and he was pretty ratty and gross and yep. I was just like what is that <laughs> um, and I was like oh that's actually kind of cool and so um, that Christmas I um, sort of searched on eBay for about about six months it took me to, to get find them at a, at a reasonable price as well because some of them were really expensive yep. yeah. um, so usually I'll look for eBay type things um, wow. and try I'll try and find something specific because I have seen um, I don't want to name them on air just in case they do listen to the podcast <laughs> one day have seen some various things be bought where I've just gone oh that's just going to go straight in the bin yeah. Yep. Um, we have a little box of toys for the kids when they do come over so they don't play with Frank's stuff and there's only so much we can put in that box before I just go now nah, it's probably going back to the op shop yep. <laughs> she did well with those trolls because they were uh, they were all mint in box yeah um, oh, and the boxes were a little bit beat up but she knows that I'm going to open them anyway and I love yep. the fact yeah. that she saw you bring home a single Leonardo mm-hmm. and what that does for your OCD needing to have all four <laughs> yep. like that is that's yep. classic so, and that's that that is Probably the story of most effort I've heard anyone's wife or significant other go to mm. to get something. That's impressive. So commended. Well done, Ali. And ben, they came out late in line too, yeah. so they yeah. are pretty rare. So it's quite the prize. And Ben, your your wife, Ree, she keeps a bit of an eye on yeah, sort of what you're up to and what yeah, you're interested in. Definitely. So probably the biggest call out back when we were sort of uh, in our early stages of um, probably pre-marriage was a G1 Megatron. So that oh, was nice. that was uh, pretty nuts. Uh, bought it locally and uh, paid it off over time. So, you know, uh, she's like, no, 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 I'm paying it out of my money. And, you know, oh, so that was, that was really cool. Ben proposed the next day. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, and most recently, though, uh, the coolest thing she's got me last Christmas with the, was the Necker Mohawk Gremlin. Yeah. Like that, oh, yes. that is still yeah. one of my favourite toys. Um, so movie esque, like, uh, and just so beautiful. I just freaking love it. So, was that a surprise? No, I mean, like, <laughs> I, she's like, do you want sort of, uh, you know, like looking around at uh, uh, come Christmas time? She's like, I don't have anything. Would do you want this? You know, sort of yeah. handed it to me in the shop. I'm like, oh, if you buy that for me, I'm just gonna, you know, <laughs> jump over the moon. Like, yeah, it's something I sort of undenied about grabbing myself, but I, I, I didn't have any of them uh, gremlins except for... Well, uh, on a segue story to that, uh, when the first time my wife uh, slept over uh, my house, uh, I have a bedside table thing that uh, about three tiers or something, and um, there's a l- actual life-size mohawk gremlin that sits on top <laughs> on the top shelf of it. So when she, when, she rolled over, <laughs> when she rolled over the next morning, that's the first thing she saw, <laughs> that, that big mohawk gremlin. So she's always had that... You know, uh, uh, memory and that, um, you know, of of me and the Mohawk Gremlin and things like that. So when she saw the little six-inch articulated Necker one, she's like, do you want this? This is pretty cool. I know you love... Uh, gremlins and I'm like heck yes I'm like, yeah. so that was wicked that's why she got the Megatron to defend herself pretty much yeah 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 just just making sure it was an okay guy <laughs> yeah. yeah well Leanne went to a lot of effort in the early days when we're collecting and people that have listened to this podcast would know the very first thing I started collecting as an adult was the Dick Tracy line by Playmates so that's a 1990 line that I would have started collecting in about 97 slash 98 and this was it was hard to find this stuff. There was no real eBay. I know towards the end of the line I did go and do a money transfer to get one of the figures from that all the way from Canada at the time, but it was it was pretty hard. If you didn't find something locally, it was very very hard to track it down. But there was a store here in Adelaide, in fact at Port Adelaide called Toytanic, and they were pretty good for finding some vintage stuff. And I know one day Leanne went away sneakily and made some calls and tracked some things down. And for I think it was for one of my birthdays, she'd actually got a bag of these loose Dick Tracy figures. And there was, I reckon, about seven or so figures in there, complete with a lot of the accessories. And although I collected that line mint on card, it was then 
I guess my, the first time that I would actually go, all right, that's cool. I've got now, you know, a loose collection. I've got a mint on card collection. And then to kind of know the effort she went to to kind of go and make phone calls and drive all the way out, you know, to Port Adelaide and, and hunt through these things she didn't really understand was was a, a really nice thing. And then probably after that, she didn't make much more of an effort, which is fine because <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's she hard. She did really, really well though because that yeah. line was so obscure. I can reckon I can remember Kmart and Franklin Supermarkets being the, the sole stockists that I can remember seeing them at. Yeah. So she did exceptionally well to find any, let alone so many. No, she did. And, In that time as and well. And I know what that line's always meant to you too. Yes. So, yeah, hats off. And the the other time that uh, I probably, this is where I sort of used her a little bit, was getting a few boxes um, and it was Christmas time and I just placed an order. This was with a company called Case Fresh. I was still living at home and, and mum and dad were like, yeah, you're getting all these boxes delivered all the time. And when the website... You know, you complete your order and you're filling it out. And there was a little comment section. And so I've written in there, can you please write Merry Christmas, Trent, from Leanne on the box? <laughs> so when this box came, I'm like, oh, well, there's there's my present. And then I think Leanne saw the box and she's like, what's this? Why does it say from Leanne? So I got busted for that. That was um, in front of your parents, wasn't it? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember. That. Came out. So don't, don't try anything sneaky like that. I know... <laughs> If uh, Trent Barrett is listening, one of our patrons, I know he sends his boxes to his parents' house and then tries to sneak them in. <laughs> and I was talking to his wife when she came over and he's like, yep, he, he drives home at night and leaves the car in the garage and then I hear him unpacking it like, when he thinks I've gone to bed. So like, they know exactly she what knows. we're doing. They know. Yep, that, yeah. they know so. <laughs> Darren, was probably something your parents have uh, gotten you over the journey? Oh, so many. It's probably not a lot of recent stuff, but but there's been quite a bit of stuff. I can remember early on when I started dabbling in, well, dabbling's the wrong word, when I got pretty hardcore into chasing vintage masters and universe stuff. Uh, Mum ended up in a secondhand store and she, she found a couple that I had been looking for. She had a list and, and that while they were away. So, so there, were, there were things like that. I, I can remember getting a squeeze and... Just trying trying to think. I think the other one was was cyclone. So, just little things like like that spring to mind. There'd be plenty of other examples too. I can remember Batman figures. You know, things from retail that had been picked up for me along the way. So, they are surprisingly cool with 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 it. You know, all things considered. Mm. Now that you're like when you sort of hit adulthood and earning your own money and buying your own toys, have they contributed much sort of since that time? Not a lot, but I think a lot of that comes down to... Actually, that's probably harsh. I think it's really, really hard buying for someone like us. For I think for a multitude of reasons. What don't I have and what won't I buy in the meantime? Yes, that's a good point. I have to sometimes put a bit of a blanket ban on toy purchases yeah. in uh, before Frank's birthday or Christmas. Yep. If I know I've bought something, I'm like, you can't buy anything. You can't buy anything. <laughs> so month, just in months case. before your birthday, not allowed to buy anything. <laughs> See, it's terrible. terrible. My, my parents know that wouldn't work with me. They <laughs> they had some pretty bad experiences back when I was a child, like um, birthday, 1984, sixth birthday. Um, we went away for family holiday in the lead up to that. And all we saw in every country town between here and Melbourne was Prince Adam, Prince Adam, Prince Adam. And I wanted to buy it. But my mum's best friend had already bought it for me with the intention of giving it to me for my birthday. And that this, their job was to try and stop me from, from <laughs> buying this thing. And it, let's just say it didn't make for a pleasant family holiday for, for <laughs> mum and dad because I really badly wanted that figure. And... You know, it was everywhere at that time. So plentiful. We'll move on to finances. So finances we talked about is probably a big one as well. It is expensive and it's increasing the cost as we know. Uh, as we go, vintage items always seem to be flying up in price and the modern stuff as well is very expensive as we've talked about a lot. Um, ben, we might start with you. What sort of financial, I guess, comments or constraints does Re well, sort of she, place on it? Is it just a blanket? Just don't buy? Pretty much, it, yeah. yeah she, she, that's, that's the way she'd love it. Um, uh, we've still got our own separate separate accounts, so it makes things a little bit easier. Uh, but, you know, when um, 
uh, things, packages start flying in and stuff. She's like, how much have you spent on this? And <laughs> you can't tell me that was only $10 <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. And uh, do you really need a, that another shredder? How many shredders have you got? Like all this sort of jazz. So she does get a bit frustrated like when she talks grand plans about let's, you know, build onto the house and things like that. And I'm just like, oh, you know, really? That's going to cost a lot of money. We'll stop buying toys then, you know? <laughs> it could create more room for yeah, toys. Yeah, I was just well, going to say, another toy so, room. Toy room number two. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I've sort of, we're both accountants. So I've had budgets. We've got shared bank accounts. So the money goes into a big pot and then I spend it on toys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, what it's made for anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, look, I, I've worked pretty hard my whole life. You know, I've, I've been working since I was in primary school um, and I've saved, I saved hard, saved for a number of years, worked a lot of jobs. You know, when I got a full-time job, I was working two jobs. So I sort of feel like I, I helped set up the fact we could then get a deposit and buy a house fairly early on. Um, yes, and if you're breaking child labour laws, you do deserve a little something. Year six, what? I was working. I reckon I would. What's year six make me? Eleven. <laughs> yeah. Selling selling ice creams at the soccer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, and that's the way I think of it. I, I work hard. I spend money on something I enjoy. I don't spend money on other things. Um, but yeah, we've tried. I guess you know things like having budgets and having allocations, and it I've diligently tracked it, and then it's become too hard. Um, and now I think it's it's less about probably financial limits than it is about volume limits and space. And you know, you know, you've Ali's seen my room, uh, knows what you know. This is so pristine and clean. You can walk around. Um, at the moment, because I've got the kind of one room policy, I've got stuff just stacked up on the floor. I'm predominantly mint on card or mint in box, so that takes up a lot of room. And Leanne will sort of say, well, you've got this beautiful room, you've got all this space, you've got all the nice shelves and you can't really enjoy your room because you've got stuff mm. everywhere. So why do you need to buy more stuff? Um, it's but, sort of... but you still buy more stuff, don't you, Trent? Yeah, I do. It really is an addiction, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it is. When you break it, it down, yeah. yeah it, mm. It's a plastic crack addiction. So. Yeah. It certainly is. And I'm not sure whether this is a podcast or a support group. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And we, we all need help. But the cure is worse than the illness. So I say keep on staying addicted. Yep. <laughs> Darren, any uh, financial constraints at home? Not a lot. Because I'm, I'm playing with my my cash i guess and I'm, I'm trying to set budgets myself and and savings and and not spend it all i guess because you never know what the future might hold mm-hmm. so i'm trying trying to i guess be my own drill sergeant when it comes to things like that it's hard because there's great stuff that's coming out and and that and and the pricing points are forever fluctuating and Aussie dollar this and you know uh, goods and services tax that you know it's it's tough but you know, you got to be strong, you know, and and it's like all things in life, I guess. Balance, you know. I love the stuff, and for me, that's what drives it. It's a love of character. It's a love of story. It's a love of the whole entire properties for for these these franchises. So it's not just about accumulating stuff to me. Yeah, it's about how I've chosen to express that love. For some people, it might be they cosplay. For me, it's about you know, this toy, this display, this, that, you know, and the other. And it could sound incredibly materialistic to a lot of people, but it comes from something deeper for me. It relates back to when I was a kid, loved ones that are, that are still here, loved ones that are not. You know, it relates to so much for me and, and is driven by so much. So I guess I try and balance all that up. And I also realize I've, I've got to think for the future and set my own own budgets and constraints and you know i'm an adult you know i i really shouldn't need to be reined in too much on that front <laughs> all right ali what's your i think leanne would think she needs to rein trent in a little bit yeah <laughs> i mean i quite like frank's toy room compared to yours yeah. when i saw yours i was like i do not have anything complaining about at the moment <laughs> no, so we had we built a bigger i got so you know frank needed a bigger toy room so i got a bigger house so you know i benefit from it nice <laughs> yes we win and we implemented um the allowance so we each yep. get an allowance every week that we can spend on whatever we want it goes into our own account 
account that the other one can't see and you can spend it on what anything. So if I come home with a $300 handbag, Frank can't say, where'd you get the money for that from? <laughs> because it's all my money that I've saved. And so that's where the toy, all his toy stuff comes from. So everything else goes into all our shared stuff and anything else we need to do. But so Frank gets his toy allowance and I get my whatever allowance. And, and that sounds mm-hmm. very fair. Yeah. So yeah. it's worked quite well for the last couple of years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Prior to that, I was a bit like Trent where there was just, oh, just a big pot of money. Um, also wasn't, didn't really have a partner at that stage. So I was like, oh, la, la, let's, let's, and it didn't help that working out of school, of course, the, the kids would evidently find out that I have all these toys and stuff. And, and they were literally goading me at times into, you know, I remember specifically looking at uh, MP5 Megatron when that was brand new and it was, you know, whatever the price was, $300, let's say. And I was like, oh, that's a bit much. And the kids are like, just put it on the credit card. It'll be fine, you know? Like they were literally daring, That's what you need. 15-year-old kids <laughs> telling you what to do. <laughs> that's going to end well. Like, <laughs> he didn't need much of a push anyway, guys. You really should. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just about there. It was just that little yeah, tip, yeah, tip yeah, over yeah. the edge. Yeah. <laughs> Any other restrictions? We've talked a little bit about the one room. Is there anything else people want to call out on restrictions? No. no. I, I sort of, I tested the limits with this. So I know I've got my one room policy. We've got a couple of Detolfs, one's hers, one's mine sort of thing, and a couple of knickknacks around the lounge room and stuff. But I tested the limits when I got my bigger um, superpowers Batman in the... Uh, the Jumbo. From, the, yeah, Jumbo. the Jumbo one. Yep. And I'm like, you know that spot next to the air conditioner that's, that's free? Like, I'm going to keep this mint on card, so I think that it'll look beautiful just hanging there. And she's like, no way. No way am I bringing that into the house. So I knew... That was a couple of years ago. I knew from that day on that. All right, that's it. I've that's, I've that's I've brought I've brought as many toys as I can into the house. <laughs> I now you found the line. Yeah, now. I found the line. So you know, I have yeah. to say, as much as I, I do love Rain, I do. I, I tend to side with you on that. It would have looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it would have really brought the room together. It would have popped. It would have popped. It would have. It would have. It would have walking. It would have added much needed yeah. color to yeah. the room. Walking through the through the kitchen into the lounge room. Bang! That's what one of the first things you would have seen. So, Superpowers yeah. Batman yeah. in the jumbo. See, I'm okay with some things out in the house, but they have to be like, or they have to be about both of us. So yep. it's, it's not a bachelor yep. pad. So, you know, when I first moved in with Frank, I'm like, there are certain things like the massive Monopoly man that needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly man was an institution. <laughs> that was the he first was, thing that I wanted to put in He was skip. the third housemate for us. It was me yeah. and a mate of mine who ended up becoming the best man at our wedding. And... Monopoly man yeah. is the third member of the house. <laughs> yep. Go pass, go yeah. select, collect two hundred dollars. I organised for family members to get us, so we've got prints in our front room that are the Ninja Turtle weapons. Yes, yep. um, and so that, but they, you can, anyone, some people might look at them and just go, oh, they're Japanese weapons, like no, they're not beautiful. Really understand. They're more than yeah. yeah. So there's things like that around the house that I'm okay with because they're about the two of us. Um, like our, you know, we've got our wedding top, our wedding cake topper, which yep. is a little Ninja Turtle and a little bride. Um, so things like that. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. But then there's like. No, we're not just having a massive transformer on the coffee table. Like, that's just not where it lives. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very good. All right. What about when we talk about it? Is, is it? Does it make people feel strange, odd? Do we feel comfortable talking about our hobby? Well, I know, I know, you... I know the four of us do. Yep. I guess the question is, is if, you know, your Leanne says at work and gets quizzed about it, obviously you've said that she's showing the book around, so she can't be that shy about it. Yeah. But... For, for me, Leanne is quite proud, I think. Of it, I think she's happy to say this is what Trent does. He enjoys it. It's something important to him. And I think culture has moved a little bit now. I think Agreed, if yeah. you talk about 20 years ago, it might have had a bit of a stigma. I think it's it's still... People find it interesting. I think people go, wow, you do what? Mm. Um, they're, they're interested. I think they if they see the volume of what I've got, they're, they're quite blown away they're like wow this how much is this worth how much stuff have you got you've got a ton of stuff but i think it's it's a it's a talking point now i was having you know i had a guy at my work we sat down with the executive leadership team at at my work and one of the guys was just going to quietly come over and say look you know i knew you had a podcast i started list i wanted to listen to it and shout out to andy if he is listening to this one but he said you know i listen to it every week because I'm not into toys, but you guys bring such a passion and a, and a wisdom that it's, it's entertaining for me. Cool. Um, and then this conversation happened around the table where we, we talked about toy collecting. We talked about certain episodes and certain topics that we looked at. And I think people were genuinely you know, interested and had an engaging conversation and, and learnt something about someone else in their team. So I'm more than happy to, to have those conversations. And I think Leanne's 
the same. She's mm. she's more than happy to talk about it at that level and and not be embarrassed by it. Yeah. At the end of the day, we if we do what we love, that's a, a wonderful thing in life. So Absolutely. more power to people that do that. So true, and and we're all lucky that we have that opportunity to do that day in day out. Where and I don't just mean the actual collecting part of it, but just as Trent said, talking about it, just engaging with it, thinking about it. As far as being embarrassed with it, I. I don't think they, I, most of the time I'd say I don't think they are. Every now and then, uh, like I said, crazy wild old auntie, you know, rides in from, from um, I won't say where because then people will know which auntie I'm talking about, but rides in from somewhere and, um, you know, says something and... But that's just a bit of stirring, right? They don't, yeah, they don't yeah, mean anything by it. No, no, they're stirring. Mm. It's just I take toys very seriously, Frank. <laughs> very I, seriously. I'm aware of this. <laughs> but... <laughs> but um, yeah, so there might be the odd jokes around here, around here and there, but look, you know, I think by and large they, they're okay with it. I've, like I said, I, I think um, for mum in particular, because she was such a shopaholic and and so was my, both my grandmas and, and mum's friends and that, there's a nostalgia because she was out there seeing all these toys with me, not just the ones I got, and, and I did pretty well for, for a kid my age back then, but also... You know the ones that I saw, and and she remembers some of those those toys, and a lot of those toys, and the stores that they were in. So, so I think there is there is a nostalgia there for that that time in our lives. I guess so. I think for the most part, you know, they're cool with it, and they're fascinated about the podcast. That really interested in in the lineup of guests that we've had, and. You know, I'd, I'd add Ali to the list now that she's guested on the show. That they'll, they'll be really dazzled uh, to hear this later and and hear their names dropped more than once. But yeah, I, I, so I don't think there is a lot of embarrassment. I think there's there's maybe a bit of surprise at just how much interest there is in this. You know, I'll tell them sometimes. Trent says we've cracked this number on this episode, or our combined total is this. Not that that stuff really matters in the scheme of things. The most important thing is that we enjoy making this show, and and that people enjoy hearing it, as opposed to volumes. But you know, I'll drop a number, and and I think that you know, they can see that you know, not only are we enjoying something, but someone else is enjoying hearing it and and appreciating what we bring to it. Uh, yeah, Ree um, almost boasts about it. You know, someone will bring up. Uh, oh, you know, you remember He-Man or something? And she's like, oh, have a look at my husband's collection. You know? I can't and, forget. Like, you know, or, or uh, they'll have a He-Man shirt on and she's like, oh, you should see my husband's collection. Or, you know, the new she's big into pop vinyl. So, you know, a new went back when the Masters pops were coming out. Oh, Ben, Ben's going to go crazy about this. Or, you know, have a look at this. And so she's, she can uh, relate to it in that sense and uh, sort of boast about it and say... Yeah, because uh, you know people are gobsmacked about mm. sometimes about like that these collections exist because they they think oh yeah cool I, they're they're unique in the sense that they're happy with oh yeah cool I'm gonna have that He Man pop vinyl on my shelf and that's that's done you know <laughs> whereas there's people like me who have in the entire collection of He Man yeah. from the vintage toy line so to speak. But can I just, just say I think those He Man pop vinyls were great and no, particularly they, great yeah. for you too. Yeah, because. You know, say what you will about pop, but it was something that could bring you both together, yes. common ground. You know, your love of Masters of the Universe versus Bree's love of pop finals. Yeah, in yep. in one product. Yes, I think that's that. terrific. Yeah, she she was able to fortunately help me pick up some of those harder ones to find, like the um, Daub uh, yep. on on Battle mm. Cat that uh, she yep. got one of her friends from America to send us. Yeah, and nice. you know, and at cost price, what what cost her exact cost shipping no inflation you know whatsoever on top of that uh, so it cost you know us exactly what it would have cost and, and that's really cool you know there's that's connections really that beautiful. i don't have but she mm. does so yeah all right ali you... i would never say that i'm embarrassed uh, but i do probably present the information in different ways when i'm talking with different people yeah. so there are some people that i definitely do boast and i'm like oh well you know check out our cool room that we've got in our house <laughs> um you know some people i'll present it more as going well you know what would you prefer your husband's down the football club you yeah. know um drinking until 4am or would you prefer that he comes home from podcasting at 4am <laughs> <laughs> so you know so it's, it, it's you talk about them you know you present the information depending on the people that you're with yeah. you target the audience you know, yeah of course yeah. having collections is not a new thing there's little old ladies that have collections 
collections of spoons from around the world. And you're like, so true. It's a bit more interesting what's in here to me than what the other things is. So I think it's an easier thing to present, especially to our generation. To our generation, most definitely, because there's even if I have no interest in collecting whatsoever, there's always that I remember that from when I was young, and and that's often a talking point. But you, I don't think that's just significant to others. I mean, I target my audience too, you know, and package it depending on who I'm talking to. Yeah, no, very true. All right, we might get towards the end here. Um, Ali, do you collect anything? You mentioned handbags. <laughs> is there a shoe collection or a handbag collection somewhere yeah, in the there's, closet? There's a shoe collection. It's all out in front of the couch every every <laughs> afternoon when she kicks her shoes off after a work day. That's uh, where they all no, sit. You know, my wife collects thongs. I am forever kicking thongs out of the kitchen. And, you know, and where'd you put those thongs? There were six in the kitchen five minutes ago. Like, which pair? And if you're listening in the UK, they're flip-flops. Because yeah. you'll be getting a very different impression of what whoa, we're talking whoa, about. Whoa, whoa. Yes, yes. thongs are the only thing that fit my fat feet at the moment, so being pregnant. But <laughs> um, sorry, no, I don't have any. No, I don't. I don't have a particular collection of it. I have a lot. We have a lot of stuff in general that I need to clear out. Um, pretty my um, makeup and skincare has always been quite large. I just like going. Oh, that's a pretty thing. I'm going to grab that. Um, but in general, there's nothing I'd really put on display or anything like that. What about what about the the little Lego shelf that we have out in the the main sort of part of the house? Yes, but I don't want that to get any bigger unless we have a bigger house. <laughs> well, the shelf is full. We can get a bigger shelf. <laughs> so if we had a lot of money, then I would like build a bigger house with like a whole other wing just for like that sort of stuff. Oh, for Lego, maybe a whole Lego. other wing. Yeah. Just yeah. I, do, I do love our, I do love yep. what we've got there, but there's only so much, and it's really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Frankie, if this podcasting thing ever takes off, at least you've got Ali on the. The moral side, the Lego. We just need the money. I really, really want the original Millennium Falcon. We've got the newer version of the Millennium Falcon, but the Lego Millennium Falcon that came out like probably about eight years ago is one of the first big Lego things. You can get that. I saw it today in the shop. How much? I think it's about. It's over a grand. (laughs) It's new. So what they did. They brought one out that goes yeah. for about $15,000 now. Because the, the, the big yeah. one, it was the yeah. biggest Lego set yeah. in the day. Um, and that, that, you know, I saw one for $17,000 at one of these Bricolades. But they've re-released it. So it's essentially oh. the same kit. But what you can do, so I think they've improved it a little bit. They've yeah. added some pieces and it can swap out from original Millennium Falcon to Force Awakens Millennium Falcon. So you can change the circular radar yep. dish to the rectangular one, mm-hmm. things like that. And it comes with the the characters from Force Awakens as well. I physically saw one in the store today wow. at Meyer. I didn't see the price, but I think it's around twelve hundred bucks. I, How I much saw... did you get from seeing your Transformers? Um... Around twelve hundred bucks. Twelve hundred and one dollars. There you go. You can keep the one. <laughs> I, I actually saw one of those Millennium Falcons of Bricolade uh, just this gone Easter yeah. uh, that I went to. So they had a big uh, Hoth scene, and they had oh, the, they had uh, that in there, yeah, didn't they? There. So that was it really is cool. So cool. It, it, it's enormous. Like you can yeah. you can see pictures online and things like that. It's but seeing huge. it in the person, yeah. it is just gobsmacking. It's I, in, s- in scale with the minifigs. Like oh. it's yeah. just yeah. I saw the box. They had one at Toy World up on a shelf. You know, so you couldn't because I think theft's a big thing. So they had it right up there. Um, and and I go, oh, people that's to touch it either. No, you just you know, yeah. box damage and things. Yeah, exactly. I go, that's that's not that big. And then I saw the one today. It was sitting on the counter and it was all tied up with security mm-hmm. cables. But it's as deep as it is. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just a square. Wow. So I'm like that. That's why it is as big as you know. You saw it. It's probably about that big. Like it's um. Well, I'm holding up maybe two feet. It's yep. huge. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. We know. We know where the collection might head. The Lego wing. All right. Soon. Closing out, final question we've got for you, Ali. Do you have a favourite piece in this room? A favourite piece of Frank's toy collection? Um, I would have to say Supergirl. So um, I'm not sure how many listeners know, but um, Frank and I lost a little girl a couple of years ago. And so that's how he brings her into, our, into his toy collecting. So he has a Supergirl collection. So um, I have bought quite a few things for that shelf it is something because it's easy i can it's an easy shelf to take a picture of um because it's only one <laughs> as opposed to a whole wall um so it's easier for me to look at things on there and i don't mind splashing a reasonable amount of cash on those as well so i have in the past spent quite a bit of money on some of them mm. um but there's one that's an initial one i mean she's probably 
I don't know, twelve dollars worth. Um, uh, but the she's DC Super yeah, Girls. DC Superhero Girls. Yep. Um, so because that was Penny's favorite. So yep. um, and so that's my favorite on that shelf. That'll always be. So I think sentimentality comes into it always. So definitely, that'll be my yeah. favorite. Yeah, beautifully well said. Um, that that is a wonderful thing to call out. Um, thank you so much, Ali, for coming in and giving us your side of what it's like on the, on the other side. And, and it is, I think we're all pretty understanding here and, and we all, you know, want to get that feedback and try and do the right thing. But it is lovely to sort of hear it firsthand and for, for people to hear what it's like being on the other side of, of this. Uh... How do you live with it? <laughs> That's right. Well, pretty, pretty well pretty yeah. when, when you think about it all. If you if you What's the thing in a in a marriage if you listen to each other pretty much and, give, and, and give and take give and absolutely. take yeah and, absolutely and, and she's always right basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that, that true all right <laughs> on that we will wrap this episode of Toy Power huge thank you to tuning in uh, to another episode and a big shout out and thanks to all our patrons we will see you around the toy aisle and until next time good journey you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us toypowerpodcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah.